Welcome back, lusty listeners, to another episode of PMQ Presents. I am your hostess, Philippa McKaint, the erotic enthusiast, the amorous author, purveyor of pultritudinous pornography. Welcome to episode three. It's a little bit about my submissive awakening, my journey to becoming the woman that I am now. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, not only how I discovered that, but my coming out and some things that are very, very dear to me. This probably won't be a long episode. I'm sort of testing Anchor out a little bit because every time I try to record something, the website keeps eating the episodes. So this is not only just a little Philippa story time, but it is also a bit of a test run. And if you hear noises, that's me getting cute for the day. So to start, I would like to talk about uh, Dracula, because he plays a very key role in this particular story. When I was much, much younger, around 12 or 13 years old, uh, in English class, we were reading the play of Bram Stoker's Dracula, so an adaptation of the classic 1897 gothic horror novel, Dracula, which if you are not familiar with uh, the original story, you've probably at least seen something that used the character, whether a film, an adaptation on television of some kind, or any number of appearances in uh, comics, short stories, uh, musicals, everything. I mean, he's ubiquitous. He's one of the most famous vampire characters of all time. I first encountered him in class, in the classroom. And as I was asked to read for Mina Harker one afternoon, I had a moment where the things that Dracula was doing and saying to try to win Mina to his side and claim her for his vampire bride just struck this place deep inside of me. And it just felt so good to be able to pretend to surrender myself to this eldritch otherworldly creature. And from there, a lifetime obsession with vampires and vampire media began. And I didn't realize it at the time, but this was the moment that I had my submissive awakening. I first realized that I wanted to be under the control of a powerful man because of this one little incident. And while I can trace some of this back to even further into my childhood, I'm not going to get into that right now, because that would require some heavy-duty trigger warnings, as certain things didn't come about in very savory situations. However, this was the first moment that I felt this way, and it just clicked something inside of me. So I'm still quite hopelessly enamored of Dracula as a character. I even fell for uh, one of his more modern incarnations, being the vampire Alucard of my favorite anime manga series of all time, Helsing, also known as Helsing Ultimate for the English dub, uh, being the really good adaptation of the original manga. 
If you're not familiar with the term, manga is a Japanese style of comics, and this particular series is by an artist called Kota Hirano. I do recommend it if you like very, very gory vampire media. Just an excellent, really well done read. But for me, the concept of a master vampire has always been in the back of my mind. That's why one of my preferred but designations or titles for my dominant is master. Now, I know that this term can come with some problematic implications. And of course, everyone is going to express their kinky needs with different styles of dominant and submissive play, uh, different kink, and of course, different titles. We're going to discuss different styles of submissives and dominance, but that's not going to be in this episode. From here, I will say that throughout the course of my young adulthood and then my early, you know, 20s and into my 30s now, I was first introduced to the concept, the, the very community of BDSM in college, actually, so mid to late 20s by then. I spent a lot of time in college. Uh, not because I was a bad student. I just enjoyed it. I just want to make that clear. Moving on. It was a friend of mine who's also a submissive who first clued me in. She said, you know, you would benefit from a 24-7 arrangement. And I'm like, what do you mean? She And she proceeds to tell me, well, you're a submissive and you seem to want a 24-hour relationship in that context. And I went, oh, that's what that is. And from there, I've been exploring it ever since. I know that my kinks can be heavier than some, uh, if not most or many at the very least. But this was my struggle when I grew up. I consider myself pansexual, which then puts me in the LGBTQ plus umbrella, or uh, if you want to simply call it the queer umbrella. But I didn't have uh, a queer awakening until I was already well, well, well into my submissive awakening. So for me, the kink is the defining aspect of my sexuality. I would define it uh, entirely as a pansexual, hypersexual submissive. So sex and physical affection and touch are very, very important to me. And I do really need that expression of intimacy between myself and my partner to feel fulfilled and completed. And though I am pansexual and have fallen in love with many different people, regardless of their sex, gender, or even orientation, uh, I do prefer a dominant man. Now, I think I could enjoy the company of a dominant woman, but I believed I was straight for a really long time until I learned that feelings I had for other girls were not just because I was a very, very amorous teenager, shall we say, but because there is something in me that still enjoys all types of people and genders that aren't necessarily cis heteronormative. Still, 
Sometimes you have a preference, and I've always been quite attracted to men, particularly cis men, but that doesn't mean that I would not be open to a relationship with a dominant of a different gender. I just never quite got there. Currently, I am with a cis man, and he is my dom. Uh, I will go ahead and tell you that recently we altered our dynamic from a more master-servant to a daddy and girl. Now, this is not to say I condone any sexual action with anyone under age, unless you're a 17-year-old with another 17-year-old or something like that. I am 100% uh, supportive of adults in kink or other relationships practicing what we might call age play or even just being a daddy or mommy dom. These are just uh, words for types of dominance whose focus is more affectionate and supportive and guiding than it might be discipline or sadism, for example. So lately, I've begun to channer my inner little. And this is a term for someone who has interests that are generally considered younger than they themselves are. And while I have many psychological theories about this part of myself, I've always been drawn to things like cartoons. Uh, I have a crayon collection that would make a kindergarten teacher weep for joy. It's so expensive and there's so many different types of crayons uh, color-wise. And I love stickers and, you know, cute things. I like to dress very cute and that's all part of my expression. But it wasn't until my husband and I really sat down and began to talk about our relationship and needs that weren't being met even within the DS confines that I realized perhaps he's just not the kind of dominant I thought I wanted and needed and maybe I'm just not the kind of submissive I thought I was. I've been bouncing between things like pet and slave for most of my submissive uh, journey and with slaves for example they're very service-oriented, they might like strong discipline, even a good deal of masochism could be part of that. Uh, and while I like to give pain to my dominant, I don't really have a sexual attachment to pain. I'll enjoy it in the confines of a scene, erotic pain, or a little more. But the pain itself is not what does it for me. It's the service of offering my dominant that. And pets were they're more rambunctious and affectionate and while you might train them so to speak uh they're not going to be held to the same sort of disciplinary rigidity that a slave might or a servant style submissive might now all that said a daddy and a little girl relationship is one that's more built on uh a little discipline, yes, but also affection and support. I would say spoiling is an aspect of being a daddy dom. It's, it's mainly just a gentler style of dominance that's not so much focused on things like pain, but on things like nurture. And I do need an awful lot of that. My uh, childhood trauma and psychological development as a young girl. I was not very popular and picked on in school and 
all these other things that go into making up your life, well, sometimes when you're, when you're an adult, they bring out sides of you that you didn't know were there. I do believe that I was not allowed to, well, not allowed is a stern way to say it, but that my emotional maturity was held back a bit when I was a child because I was expected to be very mature and to take care of others. So I do have a very motherly quality and I've kind of been the mom friend for a long time. But that also led me to a place where I didn't really grow up in my heart. So this is kind of good for me right now. I may go back to being more of a servant when I've come more into myself as a submissive. But right now, being someone's girl is really helping me to find my balance and my inner peace again. Something that since the start of the pandemic actually really, really uh, kicked up the timeline on this one, but something that has been rapidly developing and sort of deteriorating for me since uh, everything kicked off in March, 2020. Um, I lost my job, I was having trouble writing, just my life was all of a sudden really upended. And then the satisfaction I was getting from my friends or my job was gone because I can't see anyone and I can't do anything. And as I said, I'm very service oriented. And my husband, uh, my dominant was not meeting my needs in a way that was helping me. And this is because he's not really the kind of dominant who wants to be waited on hand and foot. I do serve him in many capacities, but he does want to be more affectionate and playful and spontaneous. So when we were on the verge of, of breaking up, uh, we talked about changing and the dynamic just came out. So it's been several weeks, actually a couple of months at this point, and things have improved greatly. I do think we're going to be able to work ourselves out in the long term. And I'm happier and more secure than I was for the last couple of months and the last year, year and a half. So things are leveling out and I'm actually improving and, and doing better. But it's taken me 20 odd years, really, of my life to this point to, to come to terms with everything that I am and everything that I could be. And I do think my kink and my sexuality continues to evolve over time. Every year I seem to find out something new about myself. And you know what? That's what life really should be all about. Uh, growing, constantly growing and learning and experiencing the world around you. That's the philosophy I live by. I'm going to be a different person in five years, a different person in 10 years, and, and even more so. The core of me won't change, but I will have discovered many new things about myself. And this journey that I'm on is one that's going to take me a lifetime to really see where it goes and ends up. But I am glad that it is my journey. I don't know why I was born the way that I am. I don't think anyone really knows why they're born with the sexuality that they have. Since nature's default, you would think, would be male and female, because you have to repopulate, you have to continue the species. But some of us are a little bit different. Some of us 
will go far beyond what basic human sexuality is supposed to be. And I am using finger quotes for that. Because in reality, anything that humans are is something that humans were always supposed to be, at least in my opinion. Our diversity is what makes us interesting. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to my little talk about why I came out as a submissive and why I will continue to educate people on kink and BDSM. And no matter where you are in your journey, I do hope that you find who you are and that you are proud of it, as long as, of course, you do no harm to others. And your sexuality is practiced safely, sensibly, and consensually. I'm always a safe person to come out to, so if you'd ever like to talk to someone, feel free to hit me up. This has been Philippa McKaint, and the third episode of PMQ presents My Submissive Awakening. Thank you for listening. Join me next time.